On today's episode, the Chicago Blackhawks wrapped up their three-game East Coast road trip with a second consecutive 3-0 loss. They've now been shut out five times already through the opening 25 games this season. They've now also lost 16 of their last 19 games. I'll get into all of that, plus Lucas Reichel's unexpected season debut right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Wednesday, December 7th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman 2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And real quick, if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, make sure to go and show some support first by following the podcast. You can also go and leave me a review if you want to as well, which I always greatly appreciate. And the best part about it all is that it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast. Go and follow the show right now, and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And if you're not already watching the video version of today's episode, then make sure to go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. Every episode moving forward, folks, is going to have a video uploaded to YouTube as well. So if you haven't done so yet, please go and help your boy out. Go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. It's also 100% for free and really does help me out tremendously. Also, be sure to go and smash the like button down below on this video and turn on those push notifications. Go and ring that bell, and that way you can get notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right. Good morning, everyone. Thank you all again for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And thank you all for making the show your first listen here to start off your day. To kick things off this morning, of course, the Blackhawks were back in action last night, wrapping up their three-game road trip out on the East Coast. They had a back-to-back over the weekend, first against the Rangers on Saturday, then against the Islanders on Sunday. They split those two games, and we're finishing things up with a trip out to New Jersey to take on the Red Hot Devils, one of the best, if not the best, team in the entire NHL so far in the early going this season. Uh, And as someone, you know, a Blackhawks fan that doesn't get to see a lot of New Jersey, it was a really interesting first time to see them this season. I've heard a lot of the hype, obviously have seen the success that they've had, But to finally see it in action against the Blackhawks, it really was an impressive effort last night. But before I dive into this game in and alone of itself, I do want to talk about everything that went down prior to the game, actually, just like an hour before puck drop. Because after the morning skate, we did learn that Blackhawks captain Jonathan Taves would be a game-time decision due to a non-COVID-related illness. Uh, It sounds like Taves has been battling some flu-like symptoms for the past couple of days. And as it turns out, Taves was not good enough to go last night. And with Tyler Johnson still out with that foot injury, I mentioned that yesterday, kind of had a, a little bit of a setback in his rehab process, which is unfortunate. He's been spotted in a walking boot recently. And then also Sam Lafferty is still out with a back injury right now too. So with no Taves, no option of putting Johnson or Lafferty in the lineup. That left the Blackhawks 
with only 11 healthy forwards. And I had assumed that, you know, with the Blackhawks being out east and not having any other options, I assumed they were going to go with a 11 forward, seven defenseman lineup if Taves wasn't going to be able to go. And they would just have Ian Mitchell draw into the lineup as the seventh E-man. Well, Mitchell actually did end up getting in. Uh, but the Blackhawks surprisingly recalled forward Lucas Reichel from the Rockford Icehogs of the AHL to make his season debut and give the Blackhawks the normally structured 12 forwards, six defensemen lineup. Caleb Jones, by the way, wound up being the healthy scratch on the blue line for Chicago, which I'm sure made uh, some Blackhawks fans out there pretty happy considering it's been a struggle for him, especially on the defensive side of things so far here in the early going this season. But Reichel, again, a surprise. He comes up to make his season debut. Uh, had been on a really good run as of late down in Rockford, gotten up to 23 points, 10 goals, and 13 assists in 19 games on the season. And apparently it was one heck of a scramble for Lucas to get out to New Jersey. Apparently he was on the ice in Rockford skating when he got notified that he had been called up to the big leagues. The Blackhawks flew him out to Newark real quick. I think he arrived like two hours before the game, didn't get you know, his normal scheduling in, didn't get a pregame nap, said he mostly just ate like protein bars and bananas. Uh, so I'm sure it wasn't exactly how Lucas Reichel envisioned his season debut going. And one thing that just happened prior to me recording this Blackhawks fans, I was going to talk about on the show today, the debate about whether the Blackhawks should keep Reichel up or uh, if they were going to immediately send him back down. And, and this was worth talking about because I had seen, I believe it was Mario Tirabassi of CHGO. Uh, those guys continue to do a great job over there. I believe Mario tweeted out uh, a conversation that had been had with either Kyle Davidson or Luke Richardson. I'm kind of going off the top of my head right here, folks. But basically, the gist of what Mario said was, uh, if the Blackhawks brought up Lucas Reichel, whenever that would happen, it, it the idea was, or the thought process was, that he was probably going to stay here for a little bit. But the Blackhawks, just as of this morning, not even 20 minutes ago, have already reassigned Lucas Reichel back to the Rockford Icehogs of the AHL. So I guess this truly was just an emergency situation. Although I, I do think it was a little weird, uh, especially after seeing that tweet that Mario put out, because you would think the Blackhawks wouldn't like go and interrupt what Lucas is doing down in Rockford when they have the option to go with 11 forwards and seven defensemen. And look, that lineup has never done the Blackhawks good in the past couple of years. I feel like they lose every game. They go with 11 forwards and seven defensemen. But it, it, especially to bring Lucas Reichel there on such short notice to make his season debut, to emergency fly him out to Newark, uh, I just thought that was a little bit odd. They could have just gone with 11 forwards and seven defensemen, but Hey, I mean, I guess it's worth seeing what Lucas Reichel uh, has to offer after getting off to a pretty strong start down in Rockford, but he nor the Blackhawks offense weren't able to muster up um, a whole heck of a lot. They did have their opportunities, but obviously uh, wind up getting shut out for the second time this season. I'll talk more on the game here in just a second, but to kind of wrap things up on Lucas Reichel, I, I do think it was a weird idea all in all just to call him up for one game. Um, but I, I do understand, you know, kind of sending him back down and letting him be in Rockford right now. The time is going to come, Blackhawks fans. Listen, 
especially if this team continues on the pace they're on right now. They've dropped 16 of their last 19 since opening up the year 4-2-0. We know this team is going to lose a lot more in these next 57 games that we have to go the rest of the way in this regular season. And when that trade deadline rolls around, these are all hypotheticals, of course, but it feels pretty likely that Athanasiu and Domi both get moved. Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves seems like at least one is probably going to be gone, maybe even both. Obviously, we have nothing concrete on that front, but basically the gist of what I'm saying is there are going to be open lineup spots in the second half of the season later on once the Blackhawks make those moves. And I think that's when Kyle Davidson and Luke Richardson plan on having Lucas Reichel come up to the NHL full-time. And I think it's smart. Listen, this group up in the NHL right now, not a lot of these guys are going to be here in a couple of years' time. I think it is wise to let Lucas go and be the man down in Rockford with a group that he should probably try to establish some chemistry with because those are the players that the Blackhawks are hoping for in a couple of years' time. They're going to replace the guys they have in there now and be you know, puzzle pieces to this rebuild. I think it is smart for him and a lot of those guys like Vlasic, Isaac Phillips, Galvis, Regula. You know, there's an argument a lot of those guys could be in the NHL right now, but I completely understand the value behind that team bond, letting those guys grow together as a group and try and go and qualify for the Calder Cup playoffs once again. I think there is value to that. And to be honest, there's value on both sides, but I do understand why the Blackhawks are being this patient with Lucas Reichel and some of the other top prospects. So don't get pissed, Blackhawks fans, that Lucas Reichel is already going back down to the AHL. I imagine this is all part of the plan, and don't worry, we are going to be seeing him up in Chicago with the Blackhawks sometime in the not-so-distant future. All right, there are my thoughts on Lucas Reichel getting recalled from the Rockford Icehogs last night to make his season debut, then quickly being sent back down. Coming up in just a moment, I will break down the Blackhawks' second consecutive 3-0 loss as they fell last night to the New Jersey Devils. But first, I need to talk to you all about Simply Safe. And the numbers don't lie, folks. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their homes. And you don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. And at Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. And I know because I actually do use Simply Safe in my own home. They protect you with the best cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. And here's why I personally love it Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for both inside and outside your home and smarter ways to detect motion, and they only alert you when a threat is real. They even have hazard sensors that can instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. You can also go and customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash NHL. You can also go and save 20% on your first Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and you'll get your first month totally for free. All you have to do, folks, to take advantage of this amazing deal is go and visit simplysafe.com slash NHL to learn more right now. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, segment two. Let's get into the game itself last night. As I already mentioned, for the second time in a row, the Blackhawks get blanked three to nothing out on the East Coast. 
I will say though, I, I was much more impressed with the Blackhawks effort level last night than I was on Sunday against the New York Islanders. Because last night, uh, I don't think it was like a, a lack of effort or trying or heart or determination that led to this final outcome. No, the Blackhawks, uh, I, I thought they hung in there well against a really good Devils team, a really high-paced, high-octane offense. Uh, the pace that the Devils were playing at, my Lord, I don't think I've seen anything like it this season. They were buzzing around the ice all night long. And for that type of style, for that type of opponent, I thought the Blackhawks defense, this is a game that they, you know, on paper could have lost six, seven to one, six to nothing. Uh, so to only fall three to nothing to this Devils team, I, I thought it was impressive. I know n- not many people are going to say that, especially ones who didn't watch the game and just look at the final outcome and say, oh, another three nothing loss for the Blackhawks. Yeah, I get it, but it definitely was a better night than it was on Sunday against the Islanders. That was a, a brutal one all in all. Uh, and kind of diving into some of the deeper analytics of this game, you go and look at the numbers. I tweet them out every night per Natural Statric, which is one of the best hockey analytic websites out there. I definitely recommend folks check it out if they want more insight on their teams or their players, defensive pairings, line combos. Gives you a little bit more insight there for sure. But uh, per usual, this season, the Blackhawks were, yeah, outchanced pretty much a lot. Uh, they were outpossessed. Arvid Soderblom was tremendous again, I thought. And that he continues to just, well, while he keeps racking up losses, unfortunately, uh, his effort is there every night. And it seems like he's really finding that confidence and really finding that groove, which is uh, nice because the Blackhawks really don't have any other options in that. Uh, But the couple of differences that I wanted to talk about in this game, the first one to me, I mentioned the Blackhawks earlier, that they didn't have a ton of chances and they were outchanced. They were out high. They were outchanced in the high danger situations too, but they did have their opportunities. They had their opportunities. In the first period, the fourth line, uh, Boris Kachuk and Mackenzie Entwistle. Yeah, Boris Kachuk and Mackenzie Entwistle had two two-on-ones and neither of them found the back of the net. Uh, Patrick Kane led the Blackhawks with seven shots on goal. Historically through his career, he has been phenomenal against the New Jersey Devils. Uh, wound up being held off the stat sheet against New Jersey for just the second time in his last 14 games last night. But he had a lot of good looks too. Uh, I think his best one was a point blanker right out in front. Had a couple of shots on the power play too. Uh, Andreas Athanasiu, I thought was one of the better Blackhawks forwards last night. And I believe he was at the top of their game charts uh, in terms of like analytics and stuff. So the Blackhawks had their chances. They just couldn't squeak one by Vitek Vanacek in net for the Devils. I, I honestly do believe they deserve better than to get shut out for the second consecutive game last night. They had their opportunities. They just couldn't squeak one by Vanacek, and uh, it, it was tough. It was tough. I thought the Blackhawks definitely deserved uh, to get on the board, did not deserve their second shutout in a row, and fifth already here in the first 25 games. This offense, uh, we're going to see a lot more of this, folks, because. We knew heading into the year, this offense just wasn't going to be one that put up a ton of goals. I believe the Blackhawks are now 30th or 31st in the NHL in goals per game, uh, and especially when Jonathan Taves, one of the few productive forwards so far in the early going, is out of the lineup. That's not going to help your cause. So another tough offensive showing for the Blackhawks, even though I did think they deserved better. The other major difference in this game last night, folks, was the New Jersey Devils had Jack Hughes and Dougie Hamilton, and the Blackhawks did not. 
Those two, every time they were on the ice, my Lord, Blackhawks fans, felt like they just took over each and every shift. And on the opening goal of the game, just a tremendous play for like 40 seconds by Jack Hughes. I mean, he was like skating circles around everyone out there, dancing around guys, making the perfect reads, draws four guys to him when he enters the offensive zone, makes a perfect turnaround pass to find Dougie Hamilton at the left point. He buries it to put the Devils ahead one to nothing. Lucas Reichel unfortunately loses his man there in coverage, but was a little bit of a scramble for the Blackhawks in the midst of a change. Uh, and, and with Reichel, you know, obviously not being around much and not having any time to prepare with his uh, new teammates, I guess you could say. Those things are kind of going to happen. Uh, it seemed like it was a little communication breakdown, but. That's going to happen when you bring up a 20-year-old who didn't get a single practice in uh, up with the NHL guys. And then second goal of the game, um, Soderbloom made a terrific save on a scramble situation for the Blackhawks. Unfortunately, he winds up losing his stick there, and uh, he sure blasts one blocker side past Soderbloom to put the lead up to 2 to nothing. And then the one that sealed the deal, the lone power play goal for the Devils on the night, Jack Hughes again sets up Jesper Bratt for the one-timer. That was basically all she wrote with the way uh, the Blackhawks offense weren't able to find the back of the net. Yeah, those two just made a massive difference in this low-scoring affair last night at the Prudential Center. And let me just say, Blackhawks fans, I'm not going to harp on this too much. I do want to talk about it for a minute, though. These Devils, I think they're legit. and. <laughs> I think I got to owe uh, Shaggy Von Doom of the Lockdown Avalanche podcast or Kyle Sullivan, if some of you might know him as. Uh, I think I owe him an apology because some of you may remember going back to the season opener crossover that I had with the guys from Lockdown Avalanche. We went through some of our season predictions and Shaggy mentioned, don't sleep on the New Jersey Devils. And uh, me and Chris both kind of laughed at him like, yeah, okay, I'll believe it when I see it. But he was right about this Devils bunch. And look, I, I talked about this for a second earlier. A lot of us, you know, I'm sure we've heard the hype about this Devils team. We know they've gone on an incredible run to start the season. How much did we actually believe in it, though? I'm not going to lie. I didn't really believe in it all that much until I saw the way they played last night. Holy crap. As fast-paced as anyone I've seen, like right there with the Colorado Avalanche, the New Jersey Devils can play at that pace. They're going to be a really fun watch offensively and also on the defensive side of things, analytically, they're one of the better teams in that department too so far in the early going. And a tip of the cap to Vitek Vanacek, he's been a big part of their success in net. I believe he's 12-2 and two now on the year with two shutouts. So this Devils team, yeah, I, I, I really do believe in them. I don't know if they're you know, ready to go and uh, make a run for the Stanley Cup just quite yet. I, I think they're a little bit too young still and obviously don't have that playoff experience. I also think they kind of do have to change up the way that they play a bit in the Stanley Cup playoffs, a little bit more physical, but we've seen that style work. We saw it work last year with the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, I'm not comparing New Jersey to Colorado just yet, but the system and the pace that they play at, uh, it, it's easy to spot the similarities. So. I definitely believe in this Devils hype train here in the regular season. Um, yeah, it was definitely an eye-opening experience seeing them for the first time this season in person. Look out for Jack Hughes, man. Oh, my goodness. That kid is already a problem, and he should only continue to get better and better and better. 
And, you know, Patrick Kane gets a lot of comparisons in the NHL drafts, but I see why this kid was compared to Patrick Kane. He possesses a lot of the same skills that 88 has had over the years. So truly a bit of an eye-opening experience seeing this New Jersey Devils team who now has the most points in the entire NHL for the first time last, uh, last night. Before I wrap up the show today, folks, one thing I do want to talk about here for just a second is the current state of the Blackhawks goaltender position, because right now it's a nightmare, truly, folks. And it's not just the NHL that's being affected by both Peter Morazic and Alex Stalock being hurt. It's Rockford. It's the Indy Fuel. The entire organization is feeling the lack of depth right now at this position. And in Rockford, you know, they have Dylan, Dylan Wells and Mitchell Weeks as their one and two right now. I, I honestly don't even know who's getting reps down in Indy um, because both Soderblom and Stauffer got to be up in the NHL right now. And honestly, I, I do feel like Kyle Davidson should have had a better plan in place for this position because really it wasn't that hard to see this coming. And look, I'm not bashing on Kyle and I'm not acting like I saw this coming or anything, or like I could be doing a better job and he could know. It just feels like given kind of what's happened the past few years for each of these goaltenders, first for Morazic, we knew that groin issues is kind of what has plagued him over the past couple of seasons. He's getting older on the wrong side of 30. And then for Staylock, you know, unfortunate situation. He didn't play hockey at all last year. And look, you can't predict a concussion or anything of that sorts, but being away from the game for that long and then being thrown in immediately as the NHL backup, I don't know. I just feel like it would have been wise for the Blackhawks to add one more depth, maybe veteran goaltender who they wouldn't mind going back up and down between Chicago and you know, going to Rockford and not stealing starts away from some of the young guys, just a true depth piece to have. Uh, because with Soder, while Soderblom is gaining valuable experience right now, I get it. Like he probably is the best goalie that the Blackhawks have in the entire organization, but still he's facing, I mean, 30, 40 shots a night. This Blackhawks team just been cold as ice in the past month and a half. I already mentioned they lost, have lost 16 of their last 19. Soderblom, I think, is 2-7-2 and two now on the year. Like, I don't think you want him regularly racking up losses, and like, I don't think you want to get that in his head whatsoever. Now, I do feel like he has the confidence and has certainly grown as he's gotten more and more starts and is really holding down the fort right now for the Blackhawks while these guys are out but I still don't think you want him losing like night in and night out with this bunch when he could be, you know, like I talked about with Lucas Reichel, kind of being the guy down in Rockford with the group that he really should be getting more comfortable with and accustomed to. So, uh, and also for Jackson Stauber, like wasting time for him, he's already missed time this year due to an injury. He's not going to get NHL action unless something happens to Soderbloom. Now you're wasting Stauber's, you know, game reps by having him sit on the bench up in the NHL rather than getting consistent starts down in Rockford with Soderblom up. It's just not an ideal situation for either of those guys right now. So uh, I do wonder if Kyle Davidson tries to add another goalie here sometime soon in order to avoid this situation again, because look, we're 25 games in, and this is the second time already the Blackhawks have had their AHL one and twos as the NHL one and twos because of injuries to uh, 
to Staylock and Peter Morazic. I did, before recording this episode, go and take a look at some of the current free agent goaltenders, and I, it's a really thin list, Blackhawks fans, I'm not going to lie to you, but I do feel like it still would be smart to bring someone in so that both Soderblom and Stauber can be in their rightful roles right now down in Rockford, where they should be uh, with that group getting a little bit more comfortable, because that's really what matters. Wasting time for Stauber right now as the backup. Soderblom's racking up a lot of losses. We'll see what happens, but I do think it would be wise for Davidson to try and add another goaltender here, considering Mrazek and Stalock have both already gone down, put the Blackhawks in a bad situation twice here in the first quarter of the season. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Wednesday, December 7th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Make sure, if you're not already, to go and follow the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for free right now, wherever you get your podcasts, and to go and subscribe on YouTube. Both are totally for free. If you do so, then you'll get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Thanks again for making Lockdown Blackhawks your first listen here to start off your day. For your second listen, make sure to go and check out Lockdown Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and get insights that only Lockdown can provide. Lockdown Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you all for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, Thanks again for tuning into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.